Welcome, listeners, to Southern Grimoire, a collection of unsolved crimes, mysteries, legends, and folklore. I'm your host, Katie Burr. A grimoire is a book of magical, and at times, even sinister knowledge. It may contain information on mysterious objects, strange creatures, curious entities, mystical incantations, and eerie legends. Some believe that grimoires themselves are imbued with some kind of power. I choose to believe that most books are. Accounts of the past, whether truth, myth, or somewhere in between, have a type of magic that can easily be lost if we fail to share them. I have always had a passion for storytelling, and I've been collecting knowledge for my own grimoire since I was young. I was a curious and imaginative child who grew up in southwest Oklahoma. Sheltered and without many friends, I turned to books for companionship, and ghost stories and mysteries were among my favorites. The rolling plains and thick red dirt of my home state was the perfect backdrop for so many stories and legends. Outlaws hiding in caves, treasures hidden in forests, and cursed native lands. There were no books that my parents refused me, and my mother had plenty of her own tales to share. One in particular always stuck with me, about the mystery surrounding Foss Lake. We would pass by the small town of Foss on our way to visit my great-aunts, and my mother would always say that if I blinked, I would miss it. In the early 1900s, Foss had been a bustling town, with an electric plant, an opera house, and a number of churches and hotels. But the trials of the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl led to large migrations from the area, leaving it all but a ghost town. As of the last census, Foss only had 150 residents, and it seems much smaller in the haze of my childhood memory. We had ties to the little town and its lake, my mother said. My great-grandfather helped build the Foss Reservoir, and my mother herself had worked at the Washita National Wildlife Refuge, on the north side of Foss Lake. The lake always seemed dark and mysterious to me. I heard stories of the dam's construction, of divers encountering catfish large enough to swallow a man whole. Legend said that they had come up terrified, refusing to go back down into the murky depths for fear of never resurfacing. Foss Lake held hidden monsters, but also, in my mind, hidden treasures. My mother told me that when she was working at the wildlife refuge, the game warden had taken her to a small creek fed by the lake. Beneath the shade of lazy clouds and soapberry trees was an ancient secret. There, the warden said, near the shore, was a skeleton of a mammoth, but the water line was too high for anyone to get to it. Every time we visited the refuge, I imagined taking off into the forest, setting my course by my mother's memory, and finding the mammoth myself. The depths of the lake were home to more than just monstrous fish and Pleistocenic bones. Foss Lake held darker secrets. Around the time my mother was working at the refuge, a young man named Jimmy Allen Williams had recently purchased his dream car, a shiny, new blue Camaro. He was eager to take it out and show it off, and he picked up two friends, Leah Johnson and Thomas Rios, to go along for the joyride. Jimmy mentioned to his parents that he and his friends were headed to a football game in Elk City, but the trio was last seen at a bowling alley. The teenagers never made it home. Rumors swirled across western Oklahoma. Clean-cut boys and girls didn't just go missing. Some whispered that the friends had stayed out too late, perhaps stumbling across something they weren't meant to see. Others speculated that they had gone off hunting on Turkey Creek Road and met with foul play, 
A burnt-out car was found in the area shortly after the teens vanished and was later found to be stolen. Whatever the case, Jimmy, Leah, and Thomas would remain missing for over 40 years. They weren't the only ones who had vanished near Foss. Just a year before, three others had gone missing in the same area. Nora Duncan was a resident of Canute, a small town just 10 minutes from Foss. Nora's daughter, Clara Jo, became concerned for her mother when a letter she had sent to her was returned, unopened. Officers sent out on a wellness check found a kitchen knife on Nora's table and a pan of food on the stovetop, untouched. Nora's purse was missing, but there was no sign of a struggle. She was simply gone. Few details are available about the night Nora is thought to have disappeared, but she was last seen asking for a push to help start her 1950s Chevrolet. No one knew where she went after that, but her friends Cleburne Hammock and John Porter vanished with her. They, too, would remain missing for decades. As I grew, the mysteries surrounding the refuge in Foss Lake continued to intrigue me, long after I moved away and my memories began to lose their sharpness. These last few years, I've tried my hand at researching other people's mysteries. It wasn't until recently that I decided to do the same for my own. Was the magic of the lake just a figment of my imagination? Was there any truth to my mother's stories? What other secrets did the lake hold? With a childlike enthusiasm, I set off in search of mammoths. The myth of the man-sized catfish was easy enough to dispel, if not a little disappointing. Some part of me was hoping to find that all manner of frightening fauna made their home in the depths of Foss Lake. I contacted Amber Zimmerman at the Washita National Wildlife Refuge, and she told me that the giant catfish legend is one that she has heard countless times. The largest catfish caught in the area was 98 pounds and 54 and one half inches long. A huge fish for certain, but far from man-sized. Ms. Zimmerman was also able to tell me that several fossilized mammoth bones have been found around the refuge and Foss Lake. The state park has an actual mammoth tusk that was excavated from the lake shore on display in their office. But I was in search of the mammoth, the mammoth from my mother's story. And unlike the monster catfish, my mammoth existed. In November of 2013, a local resident stumbled across a partially exposed mammoth skull, its tusks protruding from the shoreline. Record low water levels in the area had finally revealed the ancient secret. That portion of the shoreline had been covered with water since 1960, about 10 years before my mother worked at the refuge. The remains were determined to be that of a young Colombian mammoth and were estimated to be between 11,000 to 30,000 years old. I was delighted to learn that the bones had been successfully retrieved and that one of my favorite childhood stories had proven to be true. As it turned out, 2013 was an eventful year for mysteries at the lake. Just one month before the mammoth discovery, the Oklahoma State Highway Patrol was testing out new sonar equipment in Foss Lake. They were surprised to discover two submerged vehicles, hidden for decades. As soon as he learned of the discovery, Gary Williams, Jimmy Allen's younger brother, was sure that the missing teenagers had been found at last. For Gary, the discovery brought with it a sense of disbelief. Foss Lake had been one of his regular fishing spots for years. He'd taken his boat out countless times, never knowing he was just feet away from his missing brother. I could have touched the top of their car. I was that close to them, Jimmy told the Associated Press. 
That's an unbelievable thought to know they were that close all this time and it took nearly 40 years to realize it. While the police claim that the teens' deaths were most likely an accident, many have their doubts, including Gary Williams. He dismisses the theory that his brother, possibly impaired, had driven off the boat ramp. In his opinion, the fact that the Camaro was found backwards in the lake makes it unlikely that the teens drove in by accident. Jimmy, Leah, and Thomas were all familiar with the area and had visited the lake many times. The road that leads to the boat ramp intersects with another road about 700 feet from the lake's edge. In order to drive off into the lake, Jimmy and his friends would have had to turn off the main road, driven across a small parking lot, and somehow backed into the lake. Reports that several hunting rifles were found in the boot of Jimmy's car raises additional questions. Even more mysterious is the fact that in 2009, local police received an anonymous tip that Jimmy and his friends could be found at the bottom of the lake. Who made the anonymous tip? What other information might they have had? If the tip came in 2009, why were Jimmy and his friends not discovered until 2013? It seems that the lake holds more secrets still. The second vehicle pulled from Foss Lake was a truck, containing the remains of three more people. The old Chevrolet was so badly rusted that no vehicle identification numbers were found, but after extensive tests, it was confirmed. The bodies inside were Nora Duncan, John Porter, and Cleburne Hammock. Clara Jo was relieved to finally be able to lay her mother to rest. But, much like Gary Williams, the discovery left her with more questions than answers. Clara Jo told the Daily Telegraph that her uncle, Nora's brother, had always predicted that his sister would be found in the lake. He used to ask, Where else could a car and three people go around here? Clara Joe said. We drove around the lake a couple of times that year, and once the next year, but we didn't find anything. Nora's daughter is unsure of her mother's fate. There is simply not enough evidence to prove foul play, but not enough to discount it either. The police want both cases closed as accidents, but one official speaking on the condition of anonymity, told the Telegraph, two cars, just a year apart, and right beside each other. What do you think? Gary Williams is staunch in his opinion. I think they came across some bad people, he told the Oklahoman newspaper. I think it was foul play, but I'll never be able to prove that. Yet that remains to be seen. Foss Lake has given up its secrets before, and may again. The darkness of its waters has been a resting place to ancient creatures and decades-old mysteries. Who knows what else is hidden in the depths? That's all for this chapter of Southern Grimoire. I hope that you'll join me next time. Until then, remember listeners, there is no darkness that cannot be overcome by light.